The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. It is Sunday, and we are back with a brand new show. Hi again, everybody. I am Dan Scott. Welcome to the show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries, episode 19 of our get-together. And uh, surprise, surprise, we've got a good one for you today, an interview that you are absolutely going to be kept on the edge of your seat as you listen to Freddie Stevenson. I'll tell you more about him coming up in just a bit. But it is great to be back with you again on each one of our 11 affiliates airing at different times all throughout the day on Sunday. And then, of course, everything is archived at danscottshow.org and the Dan Scott Show podcast site, wherever you get your podcast. Every episode of this radio show that we've done is available in the archives. So if you are new to the show and you have missed some of the guests that we have had going all the way back to the very first show on January the 8th of this year and moving forward, they are all archived there at danscottshow.org. Also there are two brand new videos on the YouTube channel, which is available right on the front page of the website. This past Sunday, I had the privilege to share my testimony at two different churches here in the upstate of South Carolina, Davidson Street Baptist Church in Clinton, South Carolina in the morning, and Hopewell Baptist in Seneca, South Carolina in the evening service, did two different versions of my testimony, and both of those are on the YouTube page. You can get to it through danscottshow.org or you can go to YouTube and search Dan Scott Show. Subscribe to that, and uh, we're going to try to be a little more active in getting video content out there. But again, if you're new and you have not heard my testimony and the miracles that God has done in my life and and saving my marriage and and keeping Angela and I together, then uh, I would highly suggest you go and check that out. There are two different versions of it, each from this past Sunday and some other videos on there as well. All of that at danscottshow.org. I want to get to a break, let you hear something about Grand Slam Ministries, and then come back and get into this week's interview with Freddie Stevenson. Because as I said, I, I really believe you're going to be on the edge of your seat start to finish when you hear this former college football player's story. It is incredible, and we'll get into it when we come back after this. Is there someone in your life who's been a spiritual mentor, an influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of The Dan Scott Show to that special person. Honor someone who's currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who's passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we'll send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verse, and anything else you want to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our costs for one week's production, 
helping ensure the Dan Scott Show stays on the air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. And you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Won't you help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today? Do so online at GrandSlamMinistries.org. That's GrandSlamMinistries.org. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, we need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is GrandSlamMinistries.org. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at DanScottShow.org. And now, back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. This is episode 19 of the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Thank you so much for continuing to listen, to support us. We hope that you are sharing this. If not, please do tell people about it, and help us grow the audience on each one of our 11 affiliates. Let's jump right into this. Freddie Stevenson is a former star fullback at Florida State, got just a slight taste of the NFL uh, with the Chicago Bears, and uh, after chasing that dream for a while, found himself having to reinvent himself. And uh, the reinvention has included a book, and a documentary called Trials to Triumph, and it's an incredible story. And Freddie Stevenson is here with us today. Uh, Freddie, it's it's great to talk with you, first of all. Secondly, where I'm located, I'm sitting right here in the shadow of Death Valley at Clemson. So when I say Florida State, some Clemson people are going to say, oh, no, not that guy, not that team. <laughs> Yeah, no, no doubt, man. You know, I appreciate you um having me on, and you know, um I'm I'm looking forward to having a conversation with you, and ultimately, you know, spread spreading the word of Jesus, and you know, letting people know about what He's been able to do in my life, man. Uh, it's truly been a a crazy journey, and this film is powerful, and we wanted to, you know, do something special with this film, tell my story, but. Ultimately, the, the the end goal for us is to lead more people to Christ throughout the film without being too, you know, without being too pushy. We're just telling our stories and we're not trying to force it on people, but people will see God working in a major way throughout this entire film. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about that because it's your story and there's some other stories that are, are told in this documentary as, as well. I, sometimes I like to start at the end 
before we go back to the beginning, uh, tell people what you're doing now. Uh, what what is uh, taking up most of Freddie Stevenson's time? Yeah, right now it seems like every single every single day I have a, you know a different different interviews I have to run through. My schedule's kind of crazy, you know. Um, a lot of people are reaching out about but about the film, um, just trying to do interviews and you know speaking engagements, doing a lot in the community, different things of that that nature. I'm just giving back and using my platform, you know, to make an impact in the world. Well, which is ultimately what we're all called to do, to, to make a positive impact for the kingdom. And you get to combine several passions to do this. Um, the story that your life has told to this point is incredible. And I've tried to do as much reading and researching as I can, uh, but the the circumstances under which you grew up, uh, and and how you were able to come through that, get to a position to even sniff the NFL, that in and of itself is amazing. And, and as a, a lot of these stories do, it starts with a strong mama, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Um, without a doubt, she sacrificed, you know, so much, and she is still, you know discipline in, in us early and one thing we saw from my mother you know early on when we we're going through our struggles is um no matter what we we're going through she always gave you know god the glory and she she, she believed and trusted that god was going to get us out of our situation and use it and use it for our good um and ultimately that's what he's been doing all along even when we couldn't see it um you look back one day and you it, <laughs> And you'll understand and realize that God had been, had been connecting the dots all along in your life, and that's that's one thing you know. Um, I've come to the realization of over the years, man. When in times where you didn't understand why things were going the way that they were going, and um, you get to that place and you you realize like God was shaping your character and molding you for your purpose. When we talk about overcoming circumstances, it, everybody has challenges in their life and and certainly those challenges are real to them as they're going through it what captivates me about your story is that at one point you were homeless and inside of that there there's a story i i can't imagine that you can you can't drive by a mcdonald's right now and not be taken back to that particular time in your life can you yeah, every you know every every time you know I pass when I think of it, you know, and probably now more than more than ever, just to see um, that story now um, going viral on social media and impacting lives, and now you know it's on the TV screen, just to see those moments now um, being used to make a difference in other people's lives. So you know, it's it's definitely surreal now, and of course, I'll, anytime I see a McDonald's, you know that that's that moment comes up. Well, share share that moment with our listeners. Yeah, so um, we were homeless, and um, my mother was um, just trying to, you know, make ends meet. And one day, um, I believe it was like eight in the evening, and we hadn't eaten all day. And at the time, we have a a, a sister, my, one of my sisters. She's a baby, um, like a, a few months old or so, and she hadn't eaten that entire day, um, and she's crying. So my mother's just trying to rally everybody together. Um, and we weren't r really by any store, any stores at the time. So it was kind of difficult because um, that would have been an easy alternative, you know, to get something 
cheap since we knew you know she we were struggling um, but we weren't buying these stores really so she just gathered us together and we just started walking not really knowing where we were going and we just happened to come up on the mcdonald's and she goes inside takes us inside she orders a cheeseburger and it's five of us and we're all looking around you know kind of confused you know because it's five of us we're trying to figure out how we're going to split one cheeseburger but we didn't know my mom only had a dollar to her name and the total comes out to a dollar and five cents and for some reason the cashier was being difficult and wouldn't let my mom get the, the cheeseburger with just a dollar so my mom had to go around mcdonald's and ask people for a nickel and after a while somebody loaned her the nickel she grabbed the cheeseburger and she took us outside and started slicing it up into five pieces and we immediately went to eating and weren't thinking at the time but my older sister stopped and noticed that my mom wasn't eating and she asked her why and everybody else looked around and we started to try to offer her some of our food but she turned it down burst into tears and just told us to keep eating and yeah that's that's the moment that you know to this day it motivates me each and every day um of course like i said we were homeless but at the time you know a, a lot of other people around us were struggling so it kind of made it hard at times, to, you know, to get the help that we were trying to get, especially my mom. She's she's working and trying to make make ends meet, working two to three jobs, trying to make ends meet. Um, but with other people struggling, you don't always get the help that you need. But um, you also don't know how bad you're doing when you see everybody else struggling as well. But that day kind of let us know, like, okay, wow. And it, it stood with me because we never really saw our mo- my mom get rattled. And so that moment, you know, it's still, I mean, it, it still motivates me to this day. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Freddie, because I've talked to a number of other people since we started this show who have, have had their own challenges growing up and, and, and talking to, uh, I believe it was T.C. Stallings, uh, who, who starred in the War Room movie. And, he, you know, he talked about how he grew up. And, and the circumstances, and, and it was one of those situations where you only, you only know what you know, you know, and and, and I, I get the idea that that's kind of what you're talking about. You you didn't really know how bad you had it because everybody kind of had it that bad, or or at least that's the the circle of influence you're in. Am I right in that? Yeah, that's definitely the the, the situation. You know, everybody around us was struggling, which is why you know when we're homeless. Um, we weren't always able to stay with, you know, certain people because they were struggling and then you have to worry about five kids and possibly running up your light bill and you get into a situation where you can't really um, pay your bills that month. So some people would turn us down or, or force us out and we'll be trying to figure out where we would lay our head at next. So, um, yeah, everybody around us was struggling. So we didn't know how bad things were until like moments like that took place. So not not to to get too stereotypical about this, but, you know, let's face it. There, there are many, many people in that situation who given those circumstances growing up on the streets, growing up homeless, struggling would have turned to crime would have turned to drugs. We, we unfortunately hear those stories all the time. Why is your story different? Why, why did you end up playing college football at Florida state? Why didn't you go in the other direction? I mean, you just, I saw the, um, I don't know, it was a part was probably, was probably just um, my mother. And then also you just see, like, the direction that um, it, it had, you know, 
the direction most of the people that went into it. Um, it wasn't really, you know, a way to win in, in that game. Like, all I've seen growing up, of course, you see people, you know, that look like they're doing well, but at the end of the day, everybody's losers in that world, whether it's death, prison, or, you know, just being strung out on drugs um, or, you know, just continuing to lose in different ways and not mentally being able to respond from some of the, the traumatic things that you experienced in that life. So, um, you know, I kind of wanted my, my goal from that day was just to use football, especially since my mother, um, she put me in the sports early. I wanted to use that as an outlet to, you know, change the course of our lives. And um, it's crazy. My, my father was in prison at the time, you know, for um, drug trafficking. And now he's a pastor. He completely changed his life around and they came out and they put me in the sport. So that was kind of one of the things that I followed early. And my father, he um, he got saved in prison, gave his life to God in prison. He said come, when he came out, he's like, God gave him a vision and told him that I would play in the NFL. And so it was something that I truly believed early on. So I stayed focused and I, I blocked out a lot of distractions early because I truly believed that I could do something special um, on, on the field and, and change the course of my family's life. It, it, isn't it incredible where we can find God's redemption if we allow ourselves? Yes, sir. I mean, it's, just it's just hear, hearing that about your dad is 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 just amazing. We're yep, visiting. Um, yeah. Go ahead. He, um, he's um, I believe, yeah, he's always been a minister. You know, since I was like five or five or six, six at a um, church we were going to, but it's been like five or six years now since he's had his own. He's had his own own church, so I mean, it's it's definitely been a blessing just to see you know his testimony and what he's been able to come come through. You know, it, it kind of you know it it defies eyes. Like a lot of people that go in the system, they continuously go back into the system. So for him to get out of prison and decide to live his life straight, even if it meant his family had to, had to struggle, um, I appreciate him for that. And I just know just a lot of the different things that we've seen. From from that day on, God has been working miracles for us from day one. We're visiting with Freddie Stevenson. The, the documentary Trials to Triumph uh, talks about what we're discussing here and, and so much more. When when did you come to Christ? What was your journey to faith like? Yes, mine was, it took me a, a little bit longer. Like mine, just to be honest with you, um, I growing up in the church, a lot of things you just, you know, as a, a preacher's kid, a lot of things you just do because it's routine. So you're not like we weren't really, you know, um, taking it as serious as we, we needed to. But as I got older and after my transition from, from sports, I went to a dark place. And a lot of the things that I grew up turning my back to, um, I started um, indulging in those things. And I was kind of bitter, mad at the world, kind of lost, depressed. And I was in a dark place. And um, I almost lost everything, my life, my freedom, and everything. And it was in those moments that I thought everything was over. I seen God work in a major way. And that's when it all changed, all changed for me. Because at that time, um, at the place I was in, I was questioning everything that I grew up being taught. Like, is God real? Is, is all of, Are all of these things that I've been taught real? Like, I have been told by so many people um so many mentors that God had a promise on my life. God was going to use me on the field um, to spread his word and that I would preach, preach to the world. And once my NFL career ended, I was 
doubting everything that I was taught. But in those dark moments, when everything was about to be taken away from me, that's when I seen God work miracles for me in a major way. And now my perspective has completely changed because now I see that all of those promises that God has placed on my life, he's fulfilled. It just came in a different way than I expected it because I played in the NFL. I use, I, I played in front of millions and now God's using my story to impact lives all across the world. So everything that he's had people speak over my life from day one is playing itself out. You know, when I share my testimony, Freddie, uh, I, I tell people that for me, and I think it's this way for a lot of people, I got so low that the only place I could look was up. And, and when I did, that's when I saw Jesus standing there with his arms outstretched saying, son, come home. Everybody's journey is different. Everybody has has their path to faith, but the bottom line is getting there. And, and you had a plan for your life you thought was going to go one way, and God said, no, nah, my plan's a little bit different than yours, but I promise you mine's better, and it sounds like you've seen that. Yes, sir, without a doubt. When did you first realize that you might be pretty good at the game of football? Uh, I believe um, I was about six years old, and it was a team in our area um, that had been undefeated for like eight years. And um, this is like the first team I, my, my dad and my mom signed me up for. It's like my, I believe my first or second year playing football my, and my first year um tackle. So they're undefeated for like eight years, and then I go up and I score four touchdowns on them, and they're they're like, oh, he can't touch the ball anymore, and and all these different rules they put on me on the spot, and we beat them. This team had been beaten like eight years, and they were known all over the area. They would travel to travel the country in like different tournaments and, and win those. So when we beat them, it's like okay. Uh, I may actually be able to, you know, make something out of this. Like, everybody knew who I was from that point on. I lived in Florida for a number of years back in the early 90s, for a couple of years. And, and so I, I got to see firsthand what high school football was like in the state of Florida. It, it's it's big time, and I think we all know that. What was the high school football landscape like in Bartow? Yeah, it was crazy. We're um, a school that has a rich, you know, a rich history um, from, you know, winning championships and, and all of those things. But at, at the time I was playing, it had, we had, it had been a drought for a while, like um, as, as far as playoffs. And I never really um, played on a team that was successful in high school. And it's crazy because of the, the rich um, tradition that's at my high school. So a lot of the things that I, I went on to do, I did on teams that would be like three wins, seven losses, but I, it would always be uh, Bartow gets beat by, um, 20 points or, or 30 points, but Freddie Stevenson has 20 tackles, three sacks. Like those would be the headlines, and um, yeah, it was it was that type of type of thing for me for me in high school. We didn't, I never really had the the team team success in high school. It was more so individual success, but we all always had played great games against some of the top teams in the area. What well, was it hard to? To, to keep the right mindset when you're doing so well individually, but your team is not? Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely frustrating as a as a competitor. And um, but one thing I've always, you know, prided myself on is, is finishing. Um, and it, it's crazy because the high school that I went to is an area that I didn't grow up in. 
um, and the top school in our area, they're known like literally um, across the country by everybody. They have some of the top players in the country coming out and that play in the NFL, like the the Pouncey Twins that played at um, Florida. One played for the Steelers. One played for the the Dolphins. Um, and they put out a lot of different players every year. And that's the city that I grew up in. So it's it was always. Um, expected for me to go to um, high school there, but we moved, of course, when my father got out of prison, so we're in a different area, and I'm a firm believer in finishing what you started, so once I started out at a, the other school, it was like, man, no matter what happens, I have to finish this, and that's one thing my father, you know, ingrained in me um, early, um, so it was like, man, we can be 0-10, but I'm going to finish here. I, I started here, so I'm going to finish here, so it was frustrating, but I think it built my character a lot, of, a lot as well because you see so many people that when things aren't going well, they run away from it and they never truly weren't learn how to um, finish things. So it taught me that no matter what you're going through, you have to commit, um, keep going, control what you can control, and ultimately finish what you, you started. What did it mean to you, looking back on it now, I don't even know if, if... – and you can tell me if, if you really had a, a grasp on it then, but what did it mean to you to have your dad back in your life during that time? I mean, it was it was big because, to be, to be honest, we didn't believe my dad was getting out of prison. Um, just showing you how God works. Like, when he went into prison the, the, the final time, he had he already had 22 felonies, and he, he had three – he was – charged with three more charges one was punishable by life another one was punishable by 20 years and then the other one i forgot what what it was for that one so he wasn't supposed to get out of prison but then in the midst of it and this is how god works like it, um preachers would always tell um my dad from the day he was born that god called him to to preach like it was calling on his life to preach and he never believed it he kind of like tried to avoid that his whole entire life and and in the prison, he gave his life to, to Christ, and he was preaching in there, going going to church every day, and seriously was um committed to to the change and wanted to spread spread the gospel across the world. And mind you, on this time, he's he's um they have him right across the street from death the death row. So those are like where the you know the people that aren't getting out of prison go. Right. And I think it was just it was just God using him to distance himself away from all the the bad influences that would have um came across him if he was in you know a uh, different a different facility and so he was really able to you know get his get his mind right and get co- closer to God and in in that time like it's crazy like um he didn't even have a release date at that time and I just remember one day my mom calling him and telling him that he had a release date online and he hung up on her thinking that she was playing games and then he goes into court, and the judge tells him that they lost all of his paperwork, so they had to release him. And wow. so, yeah, so just looking at the miracles God has, you know, um, been doing for us all along, and just he gets out of prison, and immediately, you know, everything that he missed out on, he wanted to be a part, of, be a part of. Like my, my dad, he was that dad that. Um, every single thing he's involved in, like even when I'm in high school, um, people, they, people to this day, my high school friends, they have great relationships with my dad just because he was involved in, in everything. And yeah, so it was definitely special. You see a lot of people that, you know, they were a lot of kids that I played ball with. They, they would have loved to have relationships with, 
their parents like that, especially a father. So I knew how, you know, special it was to have him in my life. And, and I would imagine if, if your dad told you something, you listened. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I respect him. Yeah, that, that, that's just an incredible story. God, God does things that nobody can, can predict and nobody can understand. But when you're able to look back on it and see how his hand has been directing things, it, it, his plan for your life becomes clear doesn't and and we all fall into that that um trap where you know we want god to send us the email every morning to tell us what our life is going to be like uh and yes. and we don't we don't get that unfortunately right you know that no doubt <laughs> sometimes sometimes we um when we want them to happen we won't like be honest with you for a lot of this would have started taking place years ago i would have messed it up i wasn't mature enough i wasn't strong enough and some things he can't re- he can't reveal reveal to us when we're not ready for it, and you know that's how it goes a lot in life. Freddie Stevenson, our guest on this week's Dan Scott Show. So you go to Florida State, you win a national championship there in 2014, and then in 2017 you get drafted by the Chicago Bears. Um, unfortunately for you, you're moving into the NFL at a time when the fullback is becoming a dinosaur. Um, is becoming an ancient relic. Is, is that accurate? Yes, sir. Yeah, it was. I hear it all the time, man. People like people tell me, like, man, if you would have came out in 2006 or 2001, you'd probably be a first or second round draft pick. Everybody used fullbacks then. Um, but yeah, I just went in at a time where they weren't really used. And then, of course, um, I had a major injury from my my high school career that um, doctors thought were was career ending. Um, and when I went to the combine, I was red flagged. I was projected to go third or fourth round at the fullback position. And then when I was red flagged at the combine for my legs, my leg, um, the teams backed off of me and they, they felt like I wasn't worth the draft pick at that point at the fullback position. But, um, yeah, of course, if it was any other year, it would have been a lot different. But just at that position, it changed a lot of things. So you, uh, I, I may have said you were drafted, but I think you actually signed as an undrafted free agent with the Bears. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I signed as an undrafted free agent. And, and you, you got to spend some time there. Uh, the Bears ultimately waived you in the preseason, but just that short window of time in, in the NFL, how do you look back at that now? What was that like for you? Man, it was it was a blessing just to be able to, you know, now looking back at it, being able to live, live, live out that dream, you know, playing games, you know, make make big time plays, and ultimately I left it out there. Like my my story isn't one of um me feeling like I wasn't good enough, or it's just God was calling me to do something else, and that's that's what I realized with time. Um, just seeing the level that I was playing, playing that, and to see that I wasn't getting any opportunities after, I just felt like God was, you know preventing me from preventing things from happening to ultimately lead me to, to something else because I know to this day um if I if I was in top shape like football shape I'm a pro bowl caliber fullback um it's just I don't know it was, it was frustrating to me at the time but now I understand what God was doing like ultimately like the promise is still being being lived out I played in the NFL that's that's what I told I was promised you know that people were telling me from day one that um God would allowed me to make it to the NFL and I would preach and tell my story across the world. And he never said how long though, but I still played in the NFL and now I'm, I'm, I'm living out the other part of that promise. So 
Um, I appreciate all of it. I, I truly believe football was used as a platform to propel me into my purpose. You you, you have that perspective now, but yep. when, but when the Bears released you, what was your perspective? Oh, my, um, when they released me at first, you know, I'm thinking like I get signed and but it, it never really materialized doing having workouts and, and different things like that. And it was frustrating, especially when I, you know, you know what you bring to the table and you're just wondering why teams aren't signing you, especially when you were the number one player coming out at your position. I was the number one player coming out of my position and nobody's taking a chance on you. So I, it was frustrating. And, you know, I was getting very, very discouraged. And then, you know, after a while of, you know, having um, meetings with teams and not getting signed, I tried out for uh, developmental league, the AAF. It was the Alliance of American Football, and then that league folded. So at that point, like I'm just like completely, you know, like done with football. I'm discouraged. It's like, man, maybe this is never going to happen for me. Maybe this isn't, you know, going to come together for me. So it was just, I just decided to figure out what there was out there in the world for me. And part of me, even though you know I'm discouraged and I wanted football to work. Um, I just knew what I brought to the table, you know, even though, you know, you're discouraged. Part of me, you know, wanted to believe I can go on and achieve something great. So it's like, man, if I'm a guy that brings all these things to the table and um, these doors keep getting blocked, these are, these doors keep getting closed on me, then maybe, you know, God is calling me to do something else. So, you know, you, there's a side of me being discouraged and wanting to um, live out my dream and, you know, um, play 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 for a team, you know, have the opportunity, come compete for championships and all of those things. But then it's like, man, maybe um God is calling me for me to do something else. And again, having the advantage of hindsight, all of that would have been nice, but the plan that God had for your life and what it's led to now, the book, the documentary, and the impact that it's making I can't imagine, and, and I don't say this disrespectfully, and I think you know this, I can't imagine that the impact you would have had as a nondescript fullback for a few years in the NFL is going to be anything close to what the impact you're having now and will continue to have with Trials to Triumph. Yeah, no doubt. You're, 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 you're spot on. Nobody, especially not now, maybe back in 2006, people remember those fullbacks back in the day, but Nobody's going to look back and remember fullbacks um, in five to six. Remember the fullbacks that played in five to six years. So um, you're exactly right. Like at the at the time, I didn't understand it, but just seeing my message spread across the world now, um, man, it's 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 amazing how God works, and he'll take he'll take what you think is everything, and at the time, and he'll he'll do something for you that's that's far bigger bigger for you um it's it's just crazy man he never ceases to to amaze me freddie stevenson with us uh the book trials of triumph turned into a documentary which uh is just garnering incredible reviews right now how how did all of this come about how did the idea to write the book come about before we even talk about the documentary how did how did all of this come about how did you get started on this road to trials to triumph yeah so you know um after, you know, just going through my, my phase of being depressed and, you know, coming out of that hole and just, you know, getting close to God, my, my fiance was actually the one that um, let me know. She was like, man, I believe that God is trying to lead you somewhere else. And I believe that you need to tell your story and share your story, you know, 
with people I truly believe it to help out. And, you know, I started out wanting to help out athletes just specifically that were struggling with that transition after the game. And it ended up becoming something bigger. Um, I didn't expect it. Kind of, you know, I just was trying to help out a few athletes if I if I could with my story. And um, that's just how God works when, you know, he, 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 know, he knows our heart. I wasn't doing it out of a place of, like, my, a thought that never popped up in my head was, I want to drop this book and I want to make $100 million off of it. At that time, I was just happy to be, you know, doing something that was giving back and, you know, I wanted to help out anybody um, because I know at the time, if myself, if I could hear those messages from somebody else when I was going through that transition, I would have loved to hear it. So I just wanted to help out in any way that I could. And um, I just remember, like, my sole focus being athletes and God just started using my story to impact people out well outside of the sports world and then my book started on um, making its way into countries all over the world and people are reaching out saying how my story is you know um saving their lives people are saying how almost um, they were planning on committing suicide and my, my story um saved them it impacted their lives and they're sharing my book everywhere and it ends up becoming a bestseller so but but yeah, it originally started as me just, you know, trying to give back and use my story and my transition to help out athletes. Yeah, you, you know, it, it it's a, a double-sided coin, I would imagine, because number one, obviously, if, if it's having that kind of impact on people, it's a blessing. And, and obviously, God's hand was on it. Uh, how, how do you then keep the other side of the coin? How do you keep from getting the big head and say, hey, man, I've arrived? Um, Because, you know, ultimately, like, just part of me was just being, you know, honest. I've been made it to the top of the game, and I've seen everything snatched away. So, you know, it's hard for me to get to get get to that place again. I I just, you know, um, perspective is I a wonderful to, teacher, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a wonderful teacher. You get into the NFL, and you think you're gonna play for ten to ten to fifteen years, and then you don't even make it a year in the NFL. So it's like I don't, you know. I just try to whatever God. One thing I go into everything is like God. Whatever you're going to do, I don't try to, um, I don't try to move too much on on my own because at the end of the day, God's will is going to be done regardless. Like God, do what whatever you want the, the book to do, whatever you want the film to do. Um, I'm trust I'm trusting you. Um, I can't. I'm not going to stress myself out about like people. Are, you have people that you know with different type of things like that. They'd be, oh, I need to sell this many copies. Like I don't really move like that. It's like, man, if God wants it to be done, um, it's going to be done. And I, I truly believe that because one thing I I know I know for sure, especially in the sports world, like you said, a, a lot of these people in the sports world, they they grow up in these environments and they have a, a lot of stories that are similar. Um, but nobody truly cares until you know athletes are, are playing well. That's when people want to hear their stories. So for me to have my story blow up after I'm no longer playing anymore. You see God's hands all on that because people don't care unless you're, you're balling and you're on the field making plays. So for my story to blow up after, well, when I haven't even played in the, the, the league or played on the field in years, that's just God working. And it, it kind of shock, shocks people because you have people on these sports platforms that don't uh, cover people who aren't playing. They're, they're going against every single thing that they believe interviewing me but they just fell in love with the story. So when God wants something to work, it's going to work. It, it, no, you're right. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, isn't it great to, to see something like this happen and to impact the lives of people who have no idea who you were before they picked up the book? 
Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, um, just you know, just going through the process. It's, and I'm a, I'm a realist, man. I'm a I was a fullback. You're not gonna have many people outside of, you know, the ACC, the ACC, or you know, I, I score touchdowns on that. You know, that are gonna know know who I am. So so it goes back to what you said, man. Like, um, playing on that, playing on the field, um, my you know what God God is doing now and how God is you know, um, turning people's hearts and you know, um, um, making people go against things that you know they may have not may not have done in the past you know that's just how powerful god truly is and i truly believe this film is going to going to show show so many people across the world that so so real quick how did it go from a book to a documentary i mean that had to be blowing your mind yeah so um we were once it became a bestseller it's literally we're literally doing interviews with with platforms all over the country and then it came. It started off with a guy that was um, doing some things with Netflix. He wanted to um, tell my story on the Netflix platform, and it never really materialized. We were meeting for a few months at a time, doing phone doing phone calls and things, and it never materialized. But then some guys from Warner Brothers reached out, saying that they wanted to do it. One of the guys is still working with Warner Brothers, and he he um he filmed a project for us. And then another one, he was trying to branch out, and he's kind of the, the he handles like the behind the scenes and the business side of things, and they told me they wanted to tell my story. My story, and um, we ended up getting a, a deal deal signed, I believe, at the end of 2021, and that's you know that's how things happen. So, from a a release standpoint, how can people check this thing out? Because it it, it I just I can't imagine that as as much good as the book has done the the documentary has got to just blow the roof off the thing yeah without 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 a doubt um yeah it's um i truly i truly believe this is one of the most powerful you know films that that'll come out this year and especially for people you know that are um believers and and i believe people that don't even come into this film um as believers are going to going to see the true power you know jesus christ and be brought to god and and see the god working throughout this film so um i truly believe it's it's going to make a huge impact and people can find it on amazon prime apple tv youtube um it's on direct tv um all of the t the, the tv on demand platform digital platform so you pretty much find it everywhere you go on google and type documentary it's popping up finally freddie how do you want people to view your story? What do you what What's the the single message that you hope comes out of this? One thing would just be no no matter what you you're going through in life, um, you you can overcome those obstacles and win. And I'll, uh, people will see that throughout the film the, the whole entire time from every single person that's in the film. Um, they've been knocked down so many times, so many different situations where the world counted them out and. So many situations where they wouldn't have, you know, anybody that was looking at it from a regular point of view would be like, oh, there's no way they come out of this situation. And you'll see God working for each and every person throughout the film, like situations where it doesn't even make sense. Like how my story, if somebody heard this, a lot of people would think I was lying. You're going to see these stories going through those same things as well like so it's it's just it's just powerful and it's just seeing how god can work in each and every person's life and and bring them out of those dark places to where people that told them no or people that didn't believe in them 
or even making them <clears throat> convince themselves like I can be, you know, I can go on and do something great in this world, this world, because that's what he had to convince a lot of us. We we sometimes we underestimate ourselves, we doubt ourselves. So I truly believe one thing that people are gonna take take from this film is no matter what you're going through, no matter what it looks like to everybody else, no, no matter what it looks like to you, you can still overcome your situation and win. You and I have something in common. We're both preacher's kids. My, my dad has been pastoring and, and preaching for over 50 years and is still doing it at age 75. Your dad's still preaching? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I, 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 I got to hear him preach because I imagine he's got a powerful, powerful message. That's great stuff. Hey, Freddie, thank you so much for your time. I know we set this up very quickly, and one of the, the things about the Internet, it can either be good or it can be evil. And we were able to use Twitter for good to set this up, and I appreciate your willingness to come on and share your story. I appreciate you, man. God bless you and your family, and I appreciate you just taking the time out, you know, to do to do God's work and, you know, do this interview and help me tell my story. That was my conversation with Freddie Stevenson. Again, the documentary coming off the book is called Trials to Triumph. You can find it just about anywhere online. Highly suggest that you watch it because it is a powerful, powerful story, as you just heard. And there are other people sharing stories in that documentary as well. Let's step aside for a break, and we'll come back and get into wrap-up mode for this 19th episode of The Dan Scott Show after you hear this. Every day there are children who leave school on Friday and eat little, and sometimes nothing, until they come back to school on Monday. It happens in every community, including yours. Many of these children live in circumstances that deprive them of basic needs necessary for a quality life. At Grand Slam Ministries, we want to change that. We want to invest in our children, giving them hope for the future. That investment includes necessities such as food, clothing, school supplies, and a safe environment to play, to study, to live. Please visit our website, GrandSlamMinistries.org, to find out more about our ministry and how you can help. We're just getting started. Will you come alongside us for the children's sake? Again, that's GrandSlamMinistries.org. Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. It's really amazing how quickly an hour can go by. But one of the reasons that we do the show the way we do is to be able to spend a lot of time going deep into the story of the guests that we are bringing you on a weekly basis. Long form interview style is what we call it in the business. And to get to spend almost 40 minutes with Freddie Stevenson and, and take that deep dive into his story. I mean, if, if you heard that interview from beginning to end, you will never, ever walk or drive by a McDonald's and look at it the same way again. You you simply can't. That story that he told early in the interview just just amazing. The 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 
power of God working through a single mom and keeping that family together. And, and then the circumstances that Abe brought his dad to Christ in prison and then how he orchestrated getting him out of jail so he could pastor a church, which he's still doing now. These are the type of stories that we are telling on this show, and we love being able to take the time to dive deep into them and get those kinds of of stories from our individual guests. And I just can't thank Freddie Stevenson enough for being open and honest and, and willing to share that story. And it's not just here. His story is affecting millions all across the country. And it's just another example, despite what you do see in mainstream media and what you don't see or hear in mainstream media, God is still at work. Jesus Christ is still on the throne, and he is making a difference in people's lives every single day. And you just heard another example of it in Freddie Stevenson. You know, over the past month or so, I had talked about the crusade that was coming to upstate South Carolina, the uh, Go Tell America crusade with Rick Gage. And uh, that crusade took place a couple of weeks ago, over four nights. And it was just at the beginning of this week that we got all of the final numbers. And it was just an incredible movement of the Lord. The attendance was great every night, uh, 800 to 1,000 uh, on the first couple of nights. And by the time it was done, we were approaching 1,500 people. The last night was uh, a youth emphasis, just overrun with middle schoolers and high schoolers. Uh, Rick and a guy named Ken Freeman were going into the schools and talking to students all week and even in the day or two after the crusade ended. And the bottom line is when it was all said and done, there were almost 120 salvations, first-time decisions for Christ, and almost another 200 rededications. Rick Gage preached on the opening and closing nights of the event, Sunday and Wednesday. On Tuesday, Ken Freeman spoke, but it was on Monday that a guy named Adrian Despris spoke, and he gave his testimony and his incredible talk on a book that he wrote called Four Chairs. And it is basically saying every person in the world is sitting in one of four chairs. The first chair is somebody who is absolutely sold out for Jesus Christ. The second chair is that Christian in the church that has become lukewarm, like Jesus talked about with uh, the church at Laodicea in Revelations. The third chair are the people who've been in the church all their lives and think that they are saved but aren't or are not sure about their salvation. And the fourth chair are the people who are unsaved. And it's a powerful, powerful story. And I'll just be honest with you, when he was finished and gave the altar call, I found myself along with a whole bunch of other people lying face down on the football field crying out to God and I was saying God if I am a second chair Christian I don't want to be I want to be a first chair Christian I want to be 
sold out for you. I want to be excited for Jesus like I was when I first got saved almost 11 years ago. And let's get that right and make sure. It was a, a powerful moment to see what was going on on that field. I tell you this because if everything goes according to plan, Adrian Despres is going to be our guest on next week's show. And I don't know that 40 minutes or so is enough to contain the guy. We will find out. He is high energy. He is funny. But he has a powerful message that you do not want to miss. And I found it interesting. I did not know this. I knew nothing about the man. But as some of you know, in my regular job, I am the director of broadcasting at Furman University. I do football and men's basketball play-by-play there along with Greenville Drive Minor League Baseball. Adrian played football at Furman University, and I did not know that back in the early and mid-'80s. So it was great to make that connection, and if all goes according to plan, and you know how that works sometimes, but if all goes according to plan, he is going to be our guest next week, and you are not going to want to miss that conversation because I'm telling you, it will absolutely light you on fire. Might step on your toes. Might do more than step on your toes. But I promise you, it will be worth it. Working on some other guests, both from inside the crusade and outside, uh, we feel like we've got a great late spring and through the summer lineup of stuff coming for you here And we just pray that God will continue to bless the show. He'll continue to move it. He'll continue to grow it. And some of that is going to be dependent on you sharing it and telling people about it. Share the website, danscottshow.org, grandslamministries.org, and let's get people excited about what God is doing in the lives of men and women everywhere. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, I'm Dan Scott. God bless you, and so long, everybody.